standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. You're joining me. It is Monday, the 13th of March, episode 274. It is going to be an update Monday or a Monday update if you prefer. And before we get started, let me ask you to like, share, subscribe. And if you're particularly enthusiastic after all this, go ahead and comment and rate the show. And to my two listeners out there, I want to thank you immensely. We now have over 100,000 downloads. And we have less than 400 episodes and 100,000 total downloads. For those of you keeping track out there, you math wizards, yeah, that's not a small number, is it? (laughs) Certainly more than two, but Uh, I don't say that to brag. I don't say that to pat myself on the back because after about a year and a half, I would certainly hope that I hit a hundred thousand. But that being said, I am uh, quite content with where I'm at. I am very, very happy uh, to tell you this because my average of listeners has gone up, right? Once upon a time, I was doing 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 and now... My average uh, download is north of 500, and that's brought up my overall average to about two and a quarter. So I'm I'm very happy with that. I I think we're getting the word out. I think we're going to make a difference in Collin County and McKinney, Texas. So on with the updates we go. All right, first up, school board. (laughs) For those of you that missed it, uh, apparently the Frisco ISD got caught literally caught plotting to disregard what we, the people want to stymie any changes or improvements, depending on how you want to define that define the will of we, the people. And now Matt Shaheen, apparently uh, been wondering where Matt's been at lately, but Matt has asked for the uh, TEC or the TEA, one or the other, to investigate the situation. Now I know, I know most of these investigations go nowhere. They tend to protect themselves first and foremost, but it is a step in the right direction. It is honestly the bare minimum that we should expect from our elected representatives to call out when somebody crosses the line. For those of you following along, yes, I do indeed live in McKinney ISD But Frisco is right next door, and McKinney ISD has its own special problems. So we have the three incumbents that are now so desperate, they have signs out saying, save our schools. (laughs) I wasn't aware that the schools were in danger. Maybe their jobs are in danger. Maybe the rotten leadership that we've had is in danger. The schools are not in danger. And just to be clear... All three, actually, there's four, all four candidates running against the incumbents support public schools. They want public schools. They want to make the public schools better. Not quite sure how they're saving the public schools. Now, I know when you're a Democrat operative in cahoots with a Democrat slash wannabe Republican mayor, you make stuff up. That's what you do. You, you create angst you create drama that may or may not exist 
Now, in fairness, there have been those that have said that the Republican or the conservative talking points aren't true. They're passe, whatever. To which I say, uh, show me the evidence. Oh, there isn't any. There is, in fact, evidence that those books that they say aren't there are there. There is an evidence to suggest that while there is not a curriculum named CRT, it is the praxis of social-emotional learning, which is built into every other subject, that they are getting across the, the materials or the processes of critical race theory. Make no matter that Texas Monthly says otherwise, I call BS on te- Texas Monthly. <clears throat> on to other things. The city council, which I had mentioned briefly last week, had decided that they were going to put forth a bond to we the people on whether or not we want to fund the new airport expansion. Okay, so I am on record. I support the airport. I support airport expansion. But I support it under the guise that we get a private company to come in and do it. And if we need to structure the term to maintain veto power, if you will, at the city level, I'm good with that. But to think that we're going to risk $400 million before the interest of the taxpayer's money for which we may or may not ever see a break-even point because they themselves testify it's 25 years with the best-case scenario before we see a break-even point. And that's requiring us to not invest anything else into the airport. In over 25 years, do you really think we won't invest anything more into the airport? (laughs) I'm pretty sure we all know the answer to that question. Okay, so unfortunately for us, we don't have a choice. It's going to be Rick Franklin or nobody. And Patrick Loitier apparently has a competitor. Not sure who he is. Not sure that I care. I'm really hoping that Patrick's going to stay to his word and kind of be himself and do what he wants to do, which is what we desperately need in the city council. We need people that are going to speak their understanding of the facts and that are going to articulate an argument or a reason for why they think X, Y, or Z. My, my greatest hope is that not only will we have Patrick win in two and actually show up and be the Patrick that I'm told he is, but that we would maybe just maybe get our friend Tom across the finish line. Now, Tom Meredith ran a brutal race against the mayor a couple years ago. Uh, Not sure he had the best advice, but I don't hold that against Tom. I think this is an open race. And honestly, I know Michael Jones don't like, or I shouldn't say, let me phrase this. I don't dislike Michael Jones, but I know Michael Jones is going to be more of the same. Michael Jones will be, in my opinion, nothing more than a Rick Franklin or a Jeray Feltis. Same old, same old, not going to question anything, not going to look into anything, not going to have a difference of opinion on anything. Now, in the event that he should win, which I'm not going to root for, but if he should, I'll go home at night and pray that he finds his backbone in his spine and that he stands up for what he believes in. Unfortunately, I'm concerned that he's going to believe a great number of things that I don't believe, but at least if he's going to show up and stand on his principles, that would be better than what we have now, which is pretty much the entire board doing nothing other than bowing to the whims 
of the leadership, such as it is. So, you know, Tom Meredith had asked me for an endorsement. I'm not sure what, you know, what value I add because I am a political animal and I am clearly on the right side. But look, I'm confident Tom Meredith can do the job on the city council. I'm confident he's going to represent us well. I'm confident that notwithstanding what happened in the last cycle, he learned his lessons, he's ready to move on, and he's ready to take on the challenge. I suggest you go do your own research. I suggest you make a investigative uh, time and set it aside and look at both candidates and decide which one's going to best reflect what it is you want out of the city council. And it really comes down to, for me, really comes down to one thing, somebody that's going to be bold enough to look at things with a different point of view and articulate what they think about it, or somebody that's just going to carry the party line. Now I know that leads to a whole lot of city council votes that are six to one, or maybe even five to two. That's okay. I know it's tough. It's kind of a beating on the one that's voting no or voting for things when everybody else is in lockstep one way or the other. I mean, they did wear out Chuck Branch doing that very same thing. But if you're not going to at least have somebody be willing to ask questions and push back or or be open to their constituents and say, hey, this might be a problem here. Let's talk about it. I'm looking at you, Justin Beller. And again, I want to give him one more pat on the back. Justin Beller has gone above and beyond as far as reaching out to his constituents in my opinion, to find out what their thoughts are on the airport. Now, he ultimately may not vote the way that I would prefer him to vote, but at least he's listening to his people, and maybe, just maybe, if enough of his people feel strongly one way or the other, he'll change his vote, or he'll vote to back them up. Don't know, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is worthy. The city council, as you know, has an election every two years. We change out a couple of members each time. If you've been looking closely, you can see some very interesting things happening in the races around us. Plano looks quite interesting. Um, Frisco. I mean, I, I don't know that you, my listeners, really want me to go in depth in all these races. I would say that uh, my friend Colleen's running again in Plano. My friend Shelby is running for re-election. Talk about a stalwart, the guy that's been willing to stand in the gap. That would be Shelby Williams, ladies and gentlemen. When you're looking at the uh, school board races, I mean, in Plano, <laughs> I mean, you got Cody Weaver. I don't know that uh, I've got a strong opinion one way or the other in the other races, but the same thing in Frisco. Frisco actually has a race with two Republicans in it. Now, I don't know enough details that I'm going to lay it on the line with an endorsement, but I would say clearly one is more of an establishment kind of guy, conservative, but establishment. And the other one has got a uh, outsider view, but came out of the school district. So I really think that both of them tilt conservative and either one of them is a net positive for Frisco ISD. It's something that you should be happy about if you're a conservative. And then the other race will probably come down to a nail biter because it's a progressive versus a non-progressive. So if they win both of those races, they may have a 4-3 advantage for non-crazy progressives. I'd like to see Renee uh, taken down a notch, but who knows? At the state level, we're going we're gonna to transition. State level, here we go. All right. So as you may have heard, the bill 
to allow for a referendum on whether or not we, the people of Texas, would support independence has been filed in the House. There is a companion bill waiting in the Senate. The real question is, will it make any difference, right? I mean, let's be honest. The chances of that bill passing in the House are slim to none. We know that the people in the House, a good number of them have R's after their name, are really posers, right? They're progressives. They they have no interest in doing anything, quote-unquote, conservative or defending Republican values except for a few things. But at the end of the day, when your best argument is that's treasonous and seditious, you really don't have an argument. And if you don't believe me, well, I would suggest just just for your own entertainment or education, depending on what your point of view is on that, go look up Brian McClanahan. Now, this is a guy with a PhD in history who has studied all these issues. And in episode 792 of his Brian McClanahan show, he talked about the Missouri nullification and Texas secession. And he had a few words to say about that matter. As a matter of fact, he congratulated a certain state representative on his depth of knowledge and how well he was able to articulate the Texas Constitution. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I got that entirely backwards. But if you go listen to his show after mine, you'll find out exactly what he had to say. It was quite entertaining and quite factual. Also at the state level, the, uh, the border crisis still is not fixed. There is a bill talking about Texas sovereignty in securing the border. And I want you all to know that Frederick Frazier, that would be my state rep in HD 61. He is a freshman. I'm hoping that he'll surpass expectations. And at this point, he has shown good faith that he could very well pass those expectations. Um, He supports the bill and he's named as one of the co-sponsors. The rest of the people in Collin County, not mentioned. Now, I'm sure if it would actually come up for a vote, they'll go and show up and vote for it because, well, they kind of have to. But at this time, it appears that none of them have any interest in protecting the Texas border. Oh, I take that back. Justin Holland. Justin Holland's name was on there as well. And not a fan of Justin Holland, but you got to give credit where credit's due. He supports that. Nothing from Shaheen, nothing from Leach, and nothing from Noble. I, I'm actually surprised I didn't see Matt Shaheen's name on there. The other two, eh, not their thing. It's not their thing, okay? I, I, I won't beat them up for it. Like I said, they're all going to vote for it if and when it actually goes to a vote. But again, I say hold your breath. And as far as elections go... While we're talking about things at the state level, I saw an interesting video put out uh, detailing Harris County and all these uh, ballot boxes or voting precincts that didn't have enough ballots. And they all coincidentally just happen to be in Republican precincts. And they all just coincidentally happen to run out around three in the afternoon. You know, when most of the people that actually work for a living get done and can go vote, uh, that also happen to be Republicans. I wonder if maybe that just had a little something to do with the outcome in the election. What do you think? 
I mean, we already suffer from the idea that we have open primaries, whereupon we can't actually control who votes in the Republican primary. And then we have to deal with the fact that there are a lot of squishes in the party, but I don't know that they make up anywhere near a majority. But when they add in their Democrat bodies, <laughs> bodies, <laughs> they talk about a Freudian slip there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we brought them in for Chicago. Their uh, graveyard was all used up for that election. We're going to use them on this election. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, if Harris County can't get a simple election correct with the, mm, let's call it unqualified, uncharacteristically uh, failing uh, county judge down there, what does it take to replace her? I, I think she's still got two years left in her term. I could be mistaken. Uh, she was elected. No, she should have been out, booted in 2022. What's going on down there, guys? If she won in 2018 on that wave from uh, your man Beto, I mean, come on. How, how do you, I mean, I can understand how it happened in Dallas County. Dallas County's lost forever. But Harris County, I mean, you at least have a very strong representative Republican body down there. How do you let that... Mm, less than qualified individual maintain the county judge spot. How have it, how can you not just recall that person? <laughs> I don't understand. And then you let them run your election with somebody that has, Oh, I don't know, no way to hold accountable period and a story. And that person botches elections where they've come from and they come here, man, I, I, in the video, it says, if this would have happened in Democrat precincts, there would have been rioting in the streets. And the, the uh, Republican voters just went home and said, well, you know, they ran out of ballots. There's nothing more we can do about that. Heck no. Why wouldn't you go storm the city hall or the county uh, judgeship, right? The county courthouse. We want our ballots. You have a constitutionally guaranteed right to vote, apparently, according to several court determinations. But if you're not going to fight for your for your rights to vote, don't complain when you lose. I mean, what kind of a mindset of a loser is it that, well, they didn't let me vote, so uh, um, I'm just going to go home. No, man, I would have driven over to the next precinct, then the next precinct. There's no way I'm going home until I get my vote in. Now, granted, in many, many districts, it doesn't really make that big a difference. But in Houston, my God, you got an incompetent buffoon running your county, and you had an opportunity to get rid of her, or at least narrow her authority. And you guys weren't willing to fight for that? You lost judgeships over it? You, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's been theorized for some years now that the Texas Republicans actually want to flip the state. They, they want it to be blue. And when I see stuff like this, I wonder if they don't have a point, if that isn't really what's at play here. Well, you know, if we just don't care about our elections enough, there'll be enough Democrats to eventually beat us. <laughs> well, that's a good plan. Yeah, they've done such a great job in California, New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, Illinois, Minnesota, right? Don't forget Oregon and Washington, folks. Hey, those are all those strong blue states and how wonderful it is there. But when we get past the idea of this red-blue dichotomy, let's just look at it this way. There are those that are willing to work with us in the system and follow rules, and there are those that will do anything in order to maintain power and hold others down. And unfortunately, a large number of our population that really should care about who's in control and really should 
bristle at the idea that these people don't want to allow them to have any say over their own lives. You would think they would push back about uh, against that or they would be curious about that. No, no. I'm going to vote for the same person I did last time because they say the right things to me. Well, that makes zero sense. All right, now let's let's jump up to the federal level. You know, I generally avoid the federal thing here because, quite frankly, we can't fix it. There's no going back. The federal government is a joke and a loss, and D.C. is the collapsing empire. Whether it be Constantinople or Rome, it's really, at this time, only a matter of time before it gets sacked. Whether it's the Russians, the Chinese, or quite frankly, the American people that do it first, I don't know. At this point, it could be Mexico or Canada because, boy, oh boy, we just can't get anything straight. Yet, hey, don't worry, (laughs) Basement Joe, you know, Sleepy Creepy, he won his election with the most votes ever, and he barely even campaigned. But what do I know? All right, so we've got two banks that have collapsed. Uh, one was the Silicon Valley Bank, right? And then I guess I, I forgot what the name is. Sovereign Bank, I think, out in New York. Now, both of these banks were involved in high-risk investments, right? A lot of startups planted their money there. Some quote-unquote important people planted their money there. And I have no doubt that it's going to create all sorts of chaos the world over. But I want to tell you something. We need to resist the idea of bailing them out. We need to let them fail. It is the right thing to do. I mean, look, I get it. We, we had to save Chrysler. We had to save GM. We had to save whatever bank or whatever it was back in 2008. I disagreed with that. Hey, but to be quite honest with you, I probably wouldn't have had a job because at the time I was working for, I think it was, Chrysler LLC, but it might've still been Daimler Chrysler. I, I might've been out of a job I, and, and I know that, but <laughs> we're no better off now than what we would have been if we would have let this stuff die. Cause quite frankly, Daimler Chrysler was always going to be worth something. Even if it was insolvent, somebody else would have spent money to buy it. In fact, it's been purchased like three times since that time period, including uh, Fiat. It's now part of Stellantis group. Now, I'm not sure I'm enthusiastic about that because I don't trust the people that build Renault to build a good Ram truck, but be that as it may, it is what it is, mostly because of bad leadership or bad decisions. I got to tell you, folks, the feds really only know how to screw things up. You take the F in fed, you just use that, and if you want to say a new... uh, (laughs) pejorative they fed it up they fed it up <laughs> i mean i don't generally uh like to drop that word that i'm substituting there but when you look at what's going on in our country the world around us and you look to see who was most responsible for it if it wasn't the federal reserve it was the federal government i mean they, these guys they act with impunity and we pay the price And I'm not even getting into the globalists, folks, that just are salivating at subjugating our entire population. Just our own people are doing such a good job of destroying us and selling us out. It should be concerning to you. It should cause you to say, what in the heck can we do about this? Ah, 
let us return to what we discussed earlier. Yes. See, it's not treason if you're not looking to overthrow your government. If you're wanting to leave your government, that's not treason. If you are speaking poorly of your government, while that may be sedition, in the United States and in Texas, we respect and enshrine the idea of freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of association, freedom of religion, the right to redress. So that means when we think our government is wrong, when our government's tyrannical, when our government's abusive, not only can we say it, we should say it. And in this case, realistically, the only recourse we have is to tell the feds we're done, we want to go. The problem is, is our leadership in Texas is too busy patting us on the head saying, don't worry, we're going to carry take care of you when they're not. Or slapping us in the face, calling us treasonist and seditionist people when we're not. Excuse me if I don't reject the whole notion. I don't want to overthrow what's going on in D.C. I want D.C. to stay in D.C. and I want to separate. I do want to fix what's going on in Austin. I do want to rein in the abuses of power in Austin you know, particularly the governor that still hasn't ended the emergency declaration and is basically ruling by fiat and dictates as he sees fit. I want to ruin or rule those in. I'm sorry, rein those in under the rule of law, mind you. So if that's seditious, fine. But it's not because we have the ability to call on our government when they're doing the wrong things. And it's really sad that we have a lawyer that doesn't understand constitutional law, that doesn't understand how to read the Constitution, which is basically a contract that states that we, the people, are the source of all power and authority. And then pretends that because some other group of people in black robes issued an opinion, I would say under duress, mind you, making a claim one way or the other that somehow that's binding 150 years later. Again, I say bunk to you. <sighs> While we're talking about things that were done under duress, for right or for wrong, you've got the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, and some would even argue the 16th, they were passed in duress. There was a military dictatorship put upon the southern states because they chose to leave. And then they were forced to rejoin and they did it under duress. And as a consequence, there were several things that were passed and codified into the constitution under duress that under contract law, which the constitution is probably ought not count, probably ought to not be factored into anything, but nobody's basically challenged that for a hundred plus years. So my question to all of you out there that are listening if you think staying in the United States, staying in one of the states is the way forward, are you willing to have an open discussion on that? Are you willing to, I don't know, have those ideas challenged? Are you real ready and willing to articulate why Texas is better as part of the union? I'm ready to take the, the opposite view, right? In fact, I could probably argue your point of view for you if I needed to. I'm not going to, but I'm more than willing and capable 
of putting forth a number of good arguments why Texas can and should be independent once again. But I'm not going to take somebody with me along for the ride that doesn't want to go. I'm not going to force somebody to do it under duress. I am not like the federal government. I'm not like the conquering Union Army that seeks to (laughs) assert our dominance. No, I'll give you essentially three choices. Number one, you decide that you're not 100% sure, but you want an opt out. The opt out basically means, hey guys, I'm going to give you a year to figure it out. If I'm not happy, I get my free walks. You guys will pay me for everything I'm going to leave behind. Hey, I'm down with that. Okay, that's that's good. Option number two, guys, I don't want any part of this. I would rather be in California than in independent Texas, to which I'd say, sell your stuff and go. Don't let the door hit you on the backside. I mean, those are two good options right now that we could put in place. Or the third option, hey, guys, I'm not 100% sure I'm with you, but I'm going to support you in this resolution or this referendum, if you will, so that we'll actually have a discussion, an open, honest, I shouldn't even say that, but for the purpose of this discussion, an open, honest dialogue on what it means for Texas to be independent again. Now, let me circle back to that for just a second. I don't believe for one moment it's going to be open or honest. I think it'll be diatribes on both sides. I think particularly one side is going to fill us full of garbage to sell something that really, quite frankly, isn't worth it anymore. We can see with our own eyes what's coming out of D.C. Does anybody think that D.C. has our best interests or anybody's best interests in mind? The answer is no. But there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of built-in angst. There's a lot of worship at the feet of Lincoln Unionism. There's a lot of Yankees that are in Texas, both native-born Yankees and relocated Yankees, that are afraid to think of independence. They're afraid to think of what could we do that would be better than what we're currently doing. They're afraid to take a risk or a chance. And to them, I would say, hey, New York's really nice this time of year. Or if you prefer, I understand Georgia's got a similar climate. Or if you prefer, you know, California is a little expensive, but you'll be right at home with those people. They're happy to watch the degradation of society and the deterioration of what was once a great state. And I suggest you go check out one of those states. Those are those are the three choices I can come up with off the top of my head in, what, a minute and a half? <laughs> so, look, I'm not committing treason. I gave an oath. To uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Unfortunately, I've come to the conclusion, sadly, that my own country is being run by a fraudulent president, by a usurping Congress, by an abusive bureaucratic state that is violating the very tenets of the Constitution that I swore an oath to. So that leads me to no other conclusion then they are the domestic enemy. I mean, they've already been quite clear. If you dare go to a school board meeting, then you must be a domestic enemy. You're a domestic terrorist. You need to be locked up. Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I mean, we we can we can play games. We we can be nice, but at the end of the day, it's a captured entity. The enemy is not only in the gates; they're holding the gates closed to keep us out of there. That is the entirety of D.C. While we may have a good man there, Keith Self, he's only one. He can't fix it. He certainly can't fix it alone. But you know what? 
maybe a free and independent Texas could serve as a redoubt, could serve as a starting point for our own federation of states that can push back at the colossal Leviathan that is DC. And that's not easy. This is not fun. I mean, the idea that the country that I swore to protect through the constitution is being led by a group of people that quite frankly have zero desire to ever listen to me and would probably honestly prefer me dead. That's a sobering thought, but that's okay. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And just in case anybody should ever ask, no, I'm not suicidal and no, I'm not running anywhere. I'm in Texas. Both feet are here and I'm staying in the fight. And with that, this was according to Callis episode 374 on the 13th of March, 2023. And this was the the Monday update. And with that, I will see you on the other side.